Welcome to the Great Gundam Project. It is episode 20. I am Jackson. I am joined by M. Hello. We're back. We're back. We're it's back. been two weeks. It's been two weeks. Three, I guess. Three weeks since you looked at me. It has been three weeks since I looked at you. Yes. We took th- two weeks off, which means three weeks because uh, my dad is dead. Hooray. <laughs> I am also a Gundam character now. God damn it. I, this is my trauma, doing this podcast with you till the end of time. That is correct. That is your trauma. Yes. Um, as you can tell, we're back. We're goofing. It's, you know, we carry on. Well, yes. What, what can I, we do in the face of all of this other than carry on? I've heard a song about this. Uh, carry on, my wayward son? No. I'm ma- Okay. doesn't matter. <laughs> I, I'm making a dumb reference to a thing that happened last week where M sat down and what listened to the entirety of Welcome to the Black Parade. In which oh. someone very <laughs> pointedly carried on. I guess that's true. Uh, anyway, that's not what this is about. No. We are back to Gundam, but did we watch any anime in the intervening seven years? So, been? in the intervening three weeks, I started Death Note and then stopped watching Death Note because all this stuff happened. But I am like 10, ep- 10 11 episodes into Death Note. To give people context, uh, they are right before the... Um, at the college stuff, but not when it's happening. Not at the episode. Yes. No, they just graduated college, and Elle was there, and uh, Light's like, oh, it's going to be a very weird friendship with Elle. If he's really Elle, we have to find out if he's Elle with not tipping out that I'm Kira. It's dumb. Yes. they. <laughs> that, show is, that show is relentlessly watchable. It is just Hannibal for teens. Mm-hmm. So if you like Death Note, you should go watch Hannibal. And if you like Hannibal, you should like acknowledge that it's kind of like garbage anime but also you should watch death note because it's really fun yeah uh i like death note a lot one of my favorite things about it is that even though it is about teens it is one of the least teen animes even though it's like yeah, the no, most that, that's the thing that surprised me is that like yeah kira is like a ridiculous teen who of course he acts like this and i just want to punch him in a stupid face but the amount of like the things I say with team drama, like those tropes, are very non-existent in the show so yeah, far. Like the two main characters are young, and it's like the most four teens drama that could ever exist, but not in mm-hmm. an anime way. Weirdly, like there's no beach episode, there's no like love triangles or anything. It's just all no. bullshit all the time. The only the only real love triangle is between L Light and a sense of justice. <laughs> oh, that is so true. Yeah. Um. But yes. Anyway, you enjoyed you, Death Note. You watched an anime all the way through, Jackson. Right. I watched Devilman Crybaby because no one would shut up about it. And I was like, this happens all the time. I didn't get on near quick enough. I didn't do it. I've, this is a 10-episode anime on Netflix. I can watch this. It's fine. Eh, it's whatever. I also read, It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Um, I I didn't really like it that much. I thought the visuals... like So it is um, Yuasa's new show. What's his first name? I don't remember. Um, don't ask me. I don't know the first thing but, about anime. We're talking about Gundam. Yeah. <laughs> that dude's probably not even born yet when this show was airing. Uh, yeah. He is the guy that did um, Ping Pong and the Tatami Galaxy, which are the shows that I uh, 
Here. I really want to watch Ping Pong. I've heard that's really good. Everyone keeps telling me to watch the Tatami Galaxy, and I'm like, no, I'm going to watch Ping Pong. It's the one about friends playing sports. I don't care about a guy and his boner. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, it's a relationship drama about a dude's sexual hangups. I'm sure it's good. I'm sure it's a good one of those, but I'm done. I'm fine. I'm... I mean, you've watched Evangelion. Exactly. It ended all of them forever. I'm surprised. Is Devilman Crybaby it. also about someone's sexual hangups? It seems like it from the outside, not knowing anything no? about it. Okay. Like, yeah, like, yes, it is a very horny show about sex, but not really. It just is there. It's just like, man, we're all horny, I guess. I don't know. Uh, so I also read the original Devilman manga. I said Devilman manga. Fuck me. Fuck me. Yes. <laughs> that is the dumbest thing. Uh, I think the manga is a lot better. But I, I, I don't know. I, I get why people are into the new show. It's crazy. It's ridiculous. Uh, it's a, it's like it's absolute garbage, uh, but in a very fun way. I feel like the conversation around it, uh, it prepared me for something like more meaningful. But if you just want trash that looks really good and is occasionally very gay and funny, uh, then you can anime. Do yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it's this, you're just anime. describing every modern anime. <laughs> I know. I know. I am. I know. But it like yeah. I don't know. The bits where the the beatboxing teens came out were always a delight. I'm sad they stopped doing them after like the fourth episode. <laughs> I want to watch that show about those kids who just fuck with that cop the entire time. I don't, if you know oh what that's God, called, please that send I, us a message. I've seen cause... it referenced, but I don't yeah, know because that looks it. great. Yeah. Uh, but no, uh, I have I had such strong feelings about Devilman that I had forgotten that I watched it until you brought it up. So oh, yeah, that's it. We are uh, back on our bullshit Hell with yeah, Gundam. Yeah. So let's get started. We'll leap in because I have. 1700 words about these two episodes there's so much writing because these episodes are so full let's do it episode 40 is called lala's dilemma or lala's dilemma i don't know lala lala (laughs) hey lala's dilemma (laughs) how about lala and the elmeth that's what it's called oh i thought it was called lala's dilemma (laughs) no it's not i don't really think she has a dilemma in this i don't know um, I'm just trying to separate out these two episodes. I guess there's a little dilemma, but it's more like that. You tell us what happens. Okay, this is this is long, so Jackson's just going to interject. I will pause after every uh, paragraph and whatever when I think there's a thing to talk about, mm-hmm. like we do. The support crews try desperately to modify the Gundam to keep up with Amro's increasing abilities as everyone wonders after this wunderkind. Bright is skeptical of the very idea of psychic abilities, seeing it as a sort of wishful thinking escape hatch for the war. The White Base docks in the captured Solomon base, and a special Federation repair and refit crew led by Dr. Mos Khan shows up with a theoretical magnetic coating that will allow the Gundam to move faster to keep up with Amro. Uh, Mos Khan is like the most like cheerful mad scientist in the world because Amro's like, oh, thanks for helping. I'm not going to ask why you want this battle data. And he's like, good. It's better that you don't ask. And they shake hands. <laughs> in any other Gundam episode like earlier in the season, this guy would have had like a subplot and been secretly evil, but there's no time. He, he is clearly openly evil. <laughs> yes, I know. But they need him, so he's going to make the Gundam really fast. It's like, I'm going to l- make it, I'm going to put magnets in it, and that's like oiling the joints. And I'm like, is it? Is it really? Yep. Whatever. The, sure. The arc of this entire episode is bright going from, hmm, I don't think new types are real to, oh, I guess Amro's a new type. <laughs> sure is. Yeah. Because everything is really compressed in these two episodes today. Uh, yes. Uh, Cassilia receives the port of sh- a report of Charlie Bull's death, but scoffs at Char's suggestion that the Gundam is being piloted by a new type. Xeon will use its Granada fleet and Albalku to support the solar system, ra- or solar ray system, some sort of new super weapon that the Xeon are building. 
out in Xeon space along the front line. The Xeon Colony Mahal is being hastily evacuated at gunpoint with much trauma for its citizens as the colony is being fitted with countless solar panels. Back in the Xeon Palace, Giran explains to Degwinzabi that the entire colony is being turned into a solar cannon to destroy the approaching Federation fleet. He just needs Degwin to sign off on this project to make it appear legal and above board, even though he's already mostly finished with his plan. Part of this plan, however, just happens to also be concerned with cleansing the impure people during the resettlement of Mahal. Degwin asks Giran if he's familiar with Adolf Hitler while he signs the papers and explains that Hitler was a Middle Ages dictator who couldn't see where the world was headed, and that Giran reminds him of Hitler. Giran isn't that concerned about the comparison, but Degwin seems already convinced of the failure of his Zeon ambition as Giran leaves and the leader falls back in his chair. <laughs> oh, God, I had to sneeze at how dumb that was. <laughs> the, the the moment where he's like have you ever heard of adolf hitler we already know they're space nazis <laughs> it's really yeah because like so they're space nazis and they're very explicitly space nazis because they were going sigzy on like 20 episodes ago yep but now they're like have you heard of hitler and not we all know who hitler is <laughs> but then but then because uh because um, Giran's an idiot, he's like, well, I, I I might as well be Hitler, but I've got spaceships, so I'm going to win the war. And then he walks out, and Degwin's like, but Hitler lost. You don't know anything, you stupid child. <laughs> but the, the dumbest part about this is, like, they're all talking about Hitler in the sense of, he is a kind of, like, to Zeon, seen as, like, an admirable idiot. It's really weird. Like, they don't hate his awful ideas they're just like he didn't know what to do and he lost the war so don't lose the yep. war don't be a hitler now and i'm like god man this huh this, this is weird this it's uh it's yeah Whew. it feels yes. a bit strange especially like you would never see this today in um i mean i don't western know. media yeah like definitely in western media you wouldn't have seen it in the 70s in western media uh yeah. but i don't no, know definitely if, like, not in the 70s holy shit yeah no and like so this appearing in uh I don't have the historical context, and they're like, is this, like, a specifically thing that you could get away with more in Japan? Like, obviously it is, but I don't know enough about this to actually speak on why. Uh, well, yeah, no, if it, if it was 2018 Japan, they yeah. would talk about Hitler, and they'd show a picture of, like, a schoolgirl in a fucking push broom mustache. Exactly. Like, the, the way things have changed hasn't been, like, a smooth line. <laughs> no, it's been a fucking cratering into the earth as all standards are lost. <laughs> It is not, like, anime still loves Nazi aesthetics a little too much that you go, hmm. Yep. <laughs> so the zombie plan is to turn the entire colony into a cannon, and that's fucking cool, even if it's, like, the scariest thing in the world. Well, like, the Federation already did this? Like, to... I mean, they, they did, like, the mirror thing. They didn't they didn't retrofit an entire uh, no, but colony into a cannon. It's still, like, they're calling it, like, the solar ray or something. And I'm like, they were, yes. they, they've already had a solar ray used on them. So they're just stealing the idea and making it, like, yes. seven times bigger and a gun. Yeah. <laughs> a yeah. gun made instead out of, of a just like Instead of, like, a giant heat wave, it's, like, actually just a cannon now. <laughs> yep. It's just the Death Star. Yep. Out in battle, Char and Lala launch again in the Gelgoog and Elmeth, respectively. Lala is out to prove herself in actual combat as she's let out, but the Rickdoms fall back as her reputation precedes her. She finds killing at close quarters to be much harder on the spirit than firing from miles away and falters before Char comes alongside her and offers his support, allowing her to focus enough to destroy the Federation ship single-handedly. Back on the ship, Char dresses down the pilots for abandoning Lala in battle, but they say they'll risk court-martial to be a support for a new type over continuing their doomed traditional combat operations. Uh... Char dealing with everyone like like 
already like enshrining the new types is like Char is the most beleaguered person in these episodes. Well, there's a bit early on in this episode that doesn't like it's not a plot point that matters, but he leaves his ship and goes on this mission and it's like, I'm leaving the ship to you, Mulligan. You owe me, like I owe you a favor. You can do this for me. And he's like, Thank you. And I'm like, he's sending you to die. Yeah. <laughs> You're so doomed. No one has ever been like left in command of Char's ship while he leaves and survived. <laughs> Mulligan's most... fine. He Mulligan just survives this episode, so don't yeah. worry about it. I th- wait is he still around where we is he st- i guess he just gets cut away from i guess i just don't show him yeah. again <laughs> yeah saved by the fact that these episodes are too busy yeah yep. but then like the rick doms just leave lala out there to battle and she is not equipped yet yeah. until shard comes along and gives her a pat on the back because uh they are the mo- she is like the most dependent upon char that anyone's ever been dependent on someone she's killing uh everyone really well and the red times are like wait why the fuck are we out here getting shot let's just let her do this she's clearly good and then should they leave and she's like oh, they've left me my support no i can't do it and just completely falls apart just as like uh at this sign of disrespect and un- like reading it as like a lack of confidence or betrayal yeah. and then she gets explained to her and she's like well i get it i guess you'll know shah I love Shaw. <laughs> At Solomon, uh, Operation Star One begins with fleet deployment to invade Zeon and end the war. It's a huge display of firepower with the mass production GM suits and the ball ships clinging on the outside of battleships loaded to bear. The white base, however, has been delayed due to the Gundam upgrades. Its speed will be higher thanks to the frictionless upgrades Amro has been given, but there's still the bottleneck of power reserves, which Amro is blowing through with increasing speed. But it's all they can do, so the white base departs alone to trail the fleet. Char and Lala report to Cassilia, and Char recommends putting together a full new type attack force. On the white base, Amro's Gundam is testing uh, the Gundam, and it's going so well that Bright's beginning to think maybe new types are a real thing and that he's commanding one into battle. The new era of combat is dawning, but right now the white base is about to head into an old-fashioned ship-to-ship battle. Or at least Amro believes this until he hears the call of Lala in space. He follows it and comes across Char, and he fires off a shot so fast he would have destroyed the Red Comet unawares unless Lala had not guided one of her bits into the way of the oncoming blast. Char, it seems, will have no place also in this new era. Uh, except for the fact that everyone loves him and needs to protect him. There's always someone who's going to be like, Shah! Yes, but he is immediately outclassed by Amro now. Like, because oh, yeah. Amro basically kills him without him even noticing from like a mile away. Yeah, no. If this if this series like began with them like uh, with this child trying to keep up with uh, Shah the Red Comet, like he is yes. done. Yep, <laughs> he has been left behind. No, it's over. <laughs> yeah, what are you gonna do now? I, I don't even know what like the battlefields of Zeta look like. <laughs> like yeah, no, I. It's gonna be a weird show. Uh, we get an actual co- song for what comes next as Amro tears through the Rick Doms on his way to Char and the Elmeth. Char is rendered helpless against the speed of the improved Gundam and even gets in the way of Lala's attacks, losing an arm of the mobile suit in, prog- in the process. The Elmeth and the Gundam clash, but each time they get close to attacking each other, their psychic connection is so strong, both of them flinch from the onslaught of the connection. Amro contends himself to destroy the Elmas bits as Lala broadcasts her hatred of the Gundam pilot through space for daring to attack her brother Char, and the two depart once again. The white base joins the fleet heading to Xeon as Lala is celebrated by Cassilia for destroying four ships in a single day, an unparalleled accomplishment. But Lala seems unable to handle the presence of another new type, and the battles will inexorably draw her closer to Amro as the war reaches its peak. The end. Uh, you said, uh, Shah's not her brother. Uh, like, I know you meant that in a general sense, but also we have, like, Shah's sisters on this show. <laughs> yeah, but he describes her as his little sister. Huh. I guess he does. Okay. Yeah, like well, it's not like a real thing, week. but that's that's their relationship. Like he's like when they're on uh when they're on what's the base? The one that's like uh 
with Cameron, he's like, oh, it's my little sister. And that's, that's like the relationship they have right up until he kisses her. Yeah, next I, was gonna say, I was like, hang on, hang on. He's about to get right. What? Uh, anime. Jackson, when has that ever yeah. <laughs> stopped anime? <laughs> Like, uh, no, they're not actually related, but that's the relationship they have. I was hoping the, the 70s would be the answer. <laughs> Turns out, no. Uh, yep. But, you know. So, that was a good episode. I, I like it because of how little happens. Um, I feel like a thing this show never does because it's like every week has to and this isn't really an exception like every week has to have a battle every week has to have the gun go out uh but for the most part this is like dedicated to just going all right here's where the big final battle is going to happen we're like this, we, this is the biggest thing we're doing so we need to take a moment to actually set the scene here and not just do it all in one week and you know kill some random prototype that we've never seen before um uh so like i like that the they are changing the pacing slightly for the final stretch which is smart yeah, but also, like, I like that this final battle actually comes down to these two people who can destroy anything else, like, unable to even get close to each other, because mm-hmm. the, like, hatred between the two of them is so strong that their brains bounce off each other. Well, like, Lala hates Amaro because she loves Shah so much, but uh, Amaro yes. is too confused about it. Like, he's like, oh, but, uh, what is this? Uh, he's, like, completely lost. Yes, but Amaro's, like, uh, like non-consideration of the actual, like, emotional effects of this war is kind of his best strength against all this stuff, as we'll talk about next episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, let's see how that goes. It goes better than... Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's, uh, let's stop and we'll uh, get musical break and we'll come back for episode 41. <laughs> episode 41 is called... A cosmic glow. It is called cosmic radiance. Oh, that's better. That's much better. Yeah, it is. It is that's, much better. That's, I know. That's much better. Okay. Yeah. What happens? Giren is ready to deploy the solar system against the Federation fleet, acting with increasing autonomy. Degwin, thinking increasingly of Garma and the loss of his favorite son, departs Zeon himself to try to reach a peace agreement with Revel, operating under his own without telling Giren. Giren watches after him and receives a report that the solar ray is operational, though it can only be fired once as it'll fry every machine used to construct it. Degwin and Giren here. They should really, like, exchange notes. Okay, so... Any guesses from the class as to where this plot is heading? Uh, <laughs> there's no extra credit here. This is a no prize. If you can guess where this is going, this is extremely a no prize. <laughs> yeah, uh, but no. Uh, Degwin's sitting there, like envisioning that he's seeing Garma over the thing. Uh, I guess you get Garma back, Jackson. Congratulations. Yeah, I your guess... favorite, your favorite Zeon child. I- I don't dislike Gama. I just the reputation of Gama is like so ridiculous compared to being nothing in the show. Uh, yes. So I guess he comes back and is like a kind of an icon for. A yeah, I guess I guess Zeon this era. probably gestures to why Gama is like more prevalent in the origin and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. If the, if he's like the favored son of the Zabi family and everything. But like the favored son whose deaths like cements the Zabi family as just being the worst of ways. Yeah. Because uh, then without Garma, you've just got fucking Garen and, like, Cassilia having to fight. Um, so, it is what it is. Uh, but, um, yeah. Uh, Cassilia and Char talk about the war and the deployments of the Federation fleet before she just casually asks him why he stopped trying to get revenge on the Zavi. Char is taken aback, but she notes that they were totally friends' kids and this dumbass doesn't actually hide who he is all that well. <laughs> 
Also, she explains that she began investigating him after he pushed so hard for Lala and realized that his discovery of new types seemed to have changed his mind from basic revenge on the zombies towards something greater. Shah agrees, but the two table the discussion until after the battle is fought. <laughs> oh, I love seeing Shah get owned. It's so rare. Uh, like yes. In the last episode, there's a moment where uh, he's like, Shah, always guessing. Uh, where she's like, Shah doesn't actually know anything. He's just a little shit and he guesses everything. Just the universe happens to balance out that he's always right. <laughs> Yeah, that was like, like an acknowledgement that Shah's a protagonist in this show, which means he just happens to get away with infinitely more bullshit than anyone else can possibly even attempt to without dying. Um, yeah, no, he he just has a really high luck stat, and it doesn't really hang with everyone else who's leveled up rapidly in the course of this war. Yeah, uh, and so Cassilian is dressing him down. He's great. Uh, it's it's good because yeah. he's still wearing his fucking mask. Yeah, no, he's he's in disguise. No one can know who he is. He's a disgraced prince. I know who, we all know who he is. Yeah, yeah. Clearly, everyone knows who he is now. I mean, Castellia probably hasn't told anyone. Um, no. And I mean, if we Castellia also runs around in a ridiculous mask, like it's fine. Don't worry no, about it. No, but it's actually funny because she has taken it off in this scene. Like it is a scene yes. where they are like talking at a desk, and her mask is off, and she's just got her you know face on, and he's taken his hat off, so he's got no hat. Uh, but the mask is still there. Oh, which is yeah, the no, it's, just, it's just the bionic underwear <laughs> yeah. on his head. Yeah. <laughs> what a ridiculous man. On the white base, Bright and Sailor have a conversation about new types and how their abilities aren't exactly psychic powers, but something far more abstract and hard to understand. They all worry about Amro's clashes with Lala, but Amro insists he's just a pilot like everyone else, and if he's a new type, everyone else should be too, because everyone's been doing very well during the story. Unfortunately, it's hard to tell from the inside where new type ends and main character in an anime begins, much to everyone's potential peril. This scene's great, because it's hilarious, <laughs> as I'm like kind of shocked that Kai doesn't interject here with, shut up, we all know you're special, piss off, don't like trying to be like oh no we're all special like shut up shut up this show is moving too fast for kai to even be comic relief anymore i know but that's what i was thinking i did it for him because he's like i'm just amuro i'm not special we've all done this and everyone and then bright is like amuro come on yep uh yeah no everyone's like no you're the special boy go out and be special yep Back on the Xeon ships, Lala suits up in a real uniform for the first time, and Shar comes in and kisses her. She implores him to wear a spacesuit into battle, and Shar says he'll only do it because she asks as both head out into battle. So here you go. There you go, Jackson. They kissed. They it did. makes everything really awkward. It sure does. Anyway, I hope Though, this won't... So what is the... like? It's like totally that uh, Shar is like, I know exactly what will make her like believe in me even more and go into battle. I right? mean, that's like, my really just Because I don't think yes. Shar cares about anything. Um... I think Shar cares about a lot of things. I just think they're mostly abstract things. I don't think he cares about people much at all, aside well, from Selah. Yeah, no. He's just like, what if... Like, you were fucking talking about Death Note at the beginning of the show. He's just Kira, but not as evil, somehow. Not nearly as evil. Not nearly as evil, uh, and much better at actually doing plans. Because the thing yes. about Kira, the thing about Death Note, is that everyone sucks at the master plans. Like, it's a show about geniuses and their master plans. All their plans suck. Every time. It's amazing. <laughs> Uh, where Shah actually knows how to manipulate people a bit more. Yep. Everything launches. It's a lot of ships and suits, but thankfully battles, battles don't make for good summary, so let's just say stuff happens until Amuro is facing the Elmeth once again and reaches out with his new type powers and feels Lala's psychic connection to the bits around the Elmeth and uses his ability to see those to trace the bits and fire upon them as they buzz around the battlefield. 
This drives Lala and Amuro back into a one-on-one -on -one confrontation, and the two of them finally recognize each other over the Gulf of Space. Lala accuses him of trying to kill Char, and Amuro's mostly confused that she would do all this to protect the Red Comet. She senses his lack of family and wonders who he's fighting for, but Amuro barely understands what she's asking him. As he tries to answer her, they, the two float in a psychic space, transparent figures drifting in abstract colors as they talk about their motivations. They question whether fate brought them together, the two new types meant to meet together in this space as they reflect on what this destiny might mean as they both envision waves and cosmic powers washing them away. Unfortunately, they're interrupted by Char flying up and trying to ruin the moment by killing the Gundam while Amuro is distracted. Uh, yeah, they're having this scene. It's great because they like interrupt this entire battle to be like, "Wait, what are we doing? What is this? We don't actually hate each other. Why are you fighting? Who's fighting who? War is hell. What are we doing? Oh no!" Well, she hates Amuro because she's actually been trained, like she's been taught that this is the war. The other side is evil. You need to protect your own. This is her big brother. She's going to f protect him with her life. Amuro has been fighting this war because someone told him to get in the damn robot, and that's been going pretty well so far. But he's not really considered like actually hating the Zeon. And in fact, he's been given multiple, multiple examples where he doesn't hate the Zeon, right? Like, he's kind of afraid of Char, or used to be, and that's as far as it really goes. But even that was, like, out of a personal sense of rivalry about, I'm not gonna be, like, owned by this guy. Uh, he just gets, yeah, like, he gets in the robot because he gets in the robot. There is no, yep. like, there's nothing deeper there. That's just what he does. Amuro gets in the robot, end of conversation. Uh, <laughs> and Lala just can't handle the fact that he's this much of an idiot. He's like, do you but not he's think not, about like, anything? I don't know, like, that's sort of like for him fighting is not about like his family because like whatever his like mom's on earth and his dad's like off being brain damaged or whatever but he is just like fighting for his people fighting for his friends and mostly not thinking about it because the war is busy and he's the one person who can pilot the robot right like he doesn't have a lot of time to decompress ever no he has absolutely zero time to decompress in fact whenever on, he does decompress level, it goes really badly <laughs> on some level that is why he's able to handle this better than her because all she's given is time to reflect and like be mystical about her ability to fight and so she's mythologized it in a way that Amuro is not he's like no I'm just gonna make the robot go fast yeah like she sits around and wonders about what is the meaning of this what is the like uh just um why are we doing this what is the point and like reading too much into everything which you can't do when you're a soldier in a like robot war um, yes the problem is while they're floating in space like having this moment clearly Amro reflects on that question for the first time and i'm i can't imagine that's going to go well for him well it, it could probably be okay so long as he doesn't like murder someone he cares about yeah so shark <laughs> comes up and interrupts everything and we get to the last uh one of the last paragraphs here i have Sailor flies floored, trying to protect Char from the Gundam, only to be hit by Char's weapon. Lala implores him not, uh, to not protect her, but Char rushes forward and the two clash. Amuro barely stops Char from killing Sela, and then Lala hits Char with a psychic glass as he tries to attack the G-Fighter again, this time staying his hand as he sees into the cockpit and spots Sela. Amuro cuts off his arm once again, and when Amuro goes in for the kill, Char deflects his blade but inadvertently plunges it into Lala's cockpit. In her death throes, she talks to Amuro about how people are becoming like them, and the two of them wonder about the new future where new types might learn to control time and prevent all this war from happening in the first place. Nearly four decades of Gundam doesn't exactly support this read, but maybe. Either maybe, way, a song maybe. plays and psychedelia happens, and Lala's ship explodes in front of a sobbing Amuro and an enraged Char. Uh, the, this like this like 30 seconds of everything going to hell is amazing because yep. it goes so badly for everyone all at once yeah so i was watching this battle like wondering how does this go who dies so 
I know you know you know something dramatic has to happen here. Everything's reaching a point. Uh, you also know that Amro and Shah have to survive. Um, just from Shah's in future shows, Amro's I assume in future shows. Also, he's the main character. Uh, so that basically leaves: Does um, Shah accidentally kill Sailor, or does Amro accidentally kill Lala? Uh, and at first, you think it's going to be Shah accidentally killing Sailor, uh, but then the psychic blast happens. Well, he almost kills her like three times. It's a oh, mess. It's a real mess. Yeah, and then it, and then Amro, uh, tr- like, basically has Shah, and uh, she sacrifices herself to save Shah. And- well, no, what? Because it's not even that. Because that would make more sense. It's like he goes to stab Shah, and Shah, with his like one hand on his mobile suit, deflects the blade. Like Shah is also at fault for this. I thought she was like pushing in. No, no, no. He Amro goes to stab Shah, and Shah takes his left hand, who doesn't have a weapon, and like grabs the Gundam's arm and pushes it aside, and the blade plunges into the cockpit of the Elmeth. Okay. Uh, for some reason, I like remember her like screaming. Like she's in. rushing in. Like okay. she wasn't there originally, but all three of them like rush into this moment, and all three of them are culpable for what happens okay. here. So the they- only person who's not at fault is Sela, who is just trying to stop everyone from dying. <laughs> well, she didn't do a good job. Yes, uh, and so yeah, Amro and Lala have that moment where she's like, "They're all going to be like us. Maybe they'll even learn to control time." And then the Earth gets all fuzzy, and then I she explodes. So but like it's her explosion really- <laughs> is like. She's enveloped in light, and the light keeps shooting out, and then like it just fades away, and there's nothing there where the ship was. It's not like an actual explosion animation as the others have been. It's really yep. cool. Uh, uh, and Char is uh, very upset, and Amro is bereft because he's found one person who understands him, and she immediately eats it. Oh no, it's fucking um, what's his face, Kawari. Yep. Fifty-two second silent shot. <laughs> yeah, no. Guess what? Uh, Evangelion just stole everything good. <laughs> did it's literally the same beat it's like identical with lala gone Cassilia's fleet is wiped out aside from her flagship where shar retreats to as they flee the battlefield they're ordered to get out of the way of the solar ray ready to be being ready to be fired immediately the white base has been separated from the rest of the federation fleet by the battle but carry on alone towards abaoku anyway as mirai notes zeon seems to have pulled out of this space and even if they hadn't there are no new types left on the zeon side to stand against the gundam as General Revel pilots his course to Abaku, Degwin arrives to negotiate the peace to end the war. Unfortunately, this is the moment Giran sends the targeting data to the Solar Ray, and he points it towards the biggest third of the Federation fleet, which happens to be Revel's forces. The colony, converted into the massive cannon, turns and fires out into space, and the beam heads out towards Revel's fleet and the Xeon leader's peace envoy as we reach the end. Uh, who could have? Okay, who guessed? Who guessed? Who won, who won the? You no get prize? nothing other than obviously knowing how this goes. <laughs> uh, who could have seen this going so poorly? Yep. Uh, the best part is so while everyone's debriefing Amro, like everyone's hanging around Amro, and everyone's like, "Oh, are you okay?" And he's like, "No, no, I'm fine. Don't worry about it." And he's like sitting back and like being like very cheerful in a way Amro's rarely been so clearly he is not all right yep. but Haru says his brain scans are fine so who cares as long as he's fast at fighting the, using the robot no one's actually going to worry that much I mean to be fair they are in the middle of like the final battle of the war that's probably the correct yes. choice to take there's no time and then and then when he senses the solar array firing he rushes up and he's like it's the light of hate everyone get back and it's very dramatic and good yep and then there's an actual cliffhanger which is rare in Gundam yeah, but you know what's going to happen. Come on. There's only one way this can go, I feel like. I mean, yeah, no, there's only one way. This, there was only one way this could go when they, like, established that he's like, oh, what if I go and try to make peace? <laughs> yep. Like, so we've been watching a lot of Star Trek, as we do, and Gundam being, like, the weird, like, inverse Star Trek, you know 
uh, in Star Trek, whenever anyone sets out on some kind of mission of peace, it has to like be an important thing. Uh, whereas yes. in Gundam, the second anyone does that, they're fucking doomed. They're so yeah, no, doomed. absolutely. There's... No one has ever successfully had a peace envoy happen in Gundam no, ever. No, like, I bet projecting forward for the next like. T- 10 years we're going to be doing this podcast never will a peace conference go well yeah like the idea that in in gundam any hmm, how many times over 40 years of gundam are we going to see like not just a side win a war or a war end but like a successful peace negotiated i bet like maximum two out of the entire like infinite wars we're about to see yeah so we'll we will we'll have a look there's so much happening in these two episodes. I even forgot. I, I wrote down a bit of dialogue from the last episode that I really liked uh, because it is maybe the goofiest, most Amro is a precious boy. Please protect him. Mm-hmm. And it's when he's getting ready to go out to battle. Sayla comes up to the cockpit to ask how everything's going. And he's like, it's going fine. I'll be really fast. Don't worry about it. And she's like, I'm not worried about you. You're a new type after all. And then Amro laughs. He goes, to be honest, I'm more the old fashioned <laughs> right. type. And she's like, sounds about right. You're pretty sentimental and conservative, Amro. And then Amro makes a face and goes, when you put it that way, I'm not particularly flattered. <laughs> And Amro is like the most fucking growing up to be a cop kid. Like he's just Harry Potter, right? (laughs) Like maybe not now that his brain's been broken by the the only other person who understood him dying in front of him. But clearly the direction he was headed where he he was going to be a very popular general in the next war or whatever. I mean, yeah, like that's that is who he is. Yeah. Um, Saved only by his like psychic special boyness, I guess. Yeah. Uh, like oh, oh not sa- not actually saved by it more broken by it in ways that are like better for him as a human being with sure soul. but they like gave him powers that like emotion that they relied on his emotions and put him like in like intuitively in touch with other people and it went fucking terribly for everyone but at least he's not yes. gonna be a cop anymore that's true we hope i don't actually know <laughs> yeah, the I, don't, answer I, don't this, know. So. I don't know i don't know what old is like i've only i've only seen a picture of one old uh like one future gundam character from this era Mm-hmm. Um, and they look cool as hell so so we'll talk about that next episode yes, we will. next time we will be covering episodes 42 and 43 which means we are done with mobile suit gundam we would like to have everyone's like reactions thoughts questions to us about watching this show nothing spoilery you can ask jackson what they know about zeta don't ask me because i know too much i can't talk about it yes. um but halfway but we through want zeta, all... we catch up and yes. we all I, yeah we want all of your emails. Please send them to podcast at abnormalmapping.com. Uh, I will go through them because um, I've seen the end of the show and we'll read them next time. That has to happen be- before Sunday because we record on Sundays. This will go out on Wednesday, Tuesday night, Wednesday, and please get them in as soon as possible. Uh, we've, we're, we're like plugging it on Twitter and on the Discord and stuff, but yeah, we need that stuff. So, because I would like to have those full up with people's reactions and thoughts as you've yes. been enjoying this podcast. What are your takes on Gundam? What are you, uh, like, what, what are you surprised about us reacting to? What are the things that you, yeah. Uh, but keep it. What did we get wrong? What did we get wrong? I mean, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the answer is everything. Uh, we got so much wrong. Uh, please don't give a, like, if something is like clearly conflicted by the or like uh, contradicted by the origin, you can say that, but don't tell us what happens in the origin because we will cover that when we get there. Yeah, don't uh, send in anything about anything past uh, MSG. Um, yeah, or before it, obviously. Oh, I, I meant like yeah. b- released after 1980. Yes, yes. Uh, but for this show, the, anything is fair game because we're we're done next week. We we will be done by the time we read these emails. Yeah, uh, that's it. We should be back on schedule. Thanks, everyone, for your uh, consideration during these trying times. Yes. 
And uh, we'll be back next time for one more adventure with Amuro and the White Base. Oh, it's going to go great. Yeah, no, obviously. I mean, what if I told you the war could be over? <laughs> Fuck you! Fuck you! あの暗めく星はアムロお前が捨てた故郷だ忘れはしない少年の日の誓いを青春をかけ守り抜けこの幸せをアムロ振り向くなアムロ男は寂しさ隠すもの隠すものただ明日へと明日へと永遠に覚えているかい少年の日のことを温かいぬくもりの中で目覚めた朝をアムロ振り向くなアムロ男は涙を見せぬもの見せぬものただ明日へと明日へと永遠